We are live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Get Realism Podcast. You guys, we have our returned uh, a friend of, of, of the podcast. Uh, and she's going to introduce herself now. What's up, dude? <laughs> hey, uh, my name's Kelly Penna. <laughs> smooth, smooth, very smooth. Uh, my name's Kelly Penna. I'm the illustrator of Get Realisms, and I work as a production designer and art director and also Hell yes, uh, she yeah. is. She is the. <laughs> she is the co-author with uh, Christine Chen and Jason Cates of Get Realisms. Uh, get your book t- on GetRealisms.com today. Look at g- you. G- get it. G- get it now. What are you doing? Stop listening and get get no. Keep listening. Actually, you can do both. You can order it and listen to the podcast at the same time because today we're going to learn some more uh, production design stuff, Kelly. We're gonna we're gonna show them knowledge. We're gonna show them knowledge. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do it the uh, the get realism style. Um, okay. Whatever, whatever that means. I mean, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> it's, it sounds kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah, Kelly, I wanted to talk to you about um, production design, particularly like things that have what people don't look for. Right. Um, and what is something in particular that when people watch something and you look for in a production design, when you're watching something fresh, what do you, what's the first thing you look for? Something that is like a pet peeve of yours that sometimes they fuck up on. <laughs> oh. Um. Or it could be the opposite. It could be something that you notice right off the bat and is like, oh, that works. That's rad. I like that. You know? Right. Yeah. Um. Well, I guess a lot of it is, like, a good production design is, like, it's this weird thing of, like, you notice it, but you don't notice it. So it's, like, you accept it as part of the world, but it doesn't take you out of the story. If there's something glaring on screen that you immediately just go, wait, what is that? That's that's bad. Um, unless it's from, but if it's something where you're just, like, that's, weird who does that in their house someone does that in their house that's yeah a big, that's a big no-no i mean whenever i do such dressing anything like that i would think oh, does this make sense but a person actually do this like this is doing my house. i have to make it look natural and not like oh this is a set this is where they put the couch you people need to just take it as the background of the story and not think about it. That makes sense. <laughs> no, it, it, it does. Because I wanted to, I wanted to exp- like, uh, because you were breaking up a little bit, but I, I did get the gist of what you were, what you were saying. And it, right. it is, but my question, my question to you is, do you feel like the best production design is something that is so subtle that no one notices? Or would you feel like it would be the opposite? It would be like the production design needs to be prominent. It needs to show off in order to kind of 
I don't know, show its appreciation, I guess, you know? Right. Yeah, I think the best production design is usually ones where it makes the audience want to live in that world. That's yeah. One. Like, that house is amazing. It's like production designs where you're like, this world is weird and not like the one we live in, but I want to be there kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, especially in uh, in Jaws, like they filmed in Martha's Vineyard, and um, they had like the production design in that was was pretty. I mean, yeah, one might assume like no one really notices it, but it, in Martha's Vineyard, apparently, there's like n- no good like valuable shots to <laughs> to shoot on Martha's Vineyard. Like, right. I, I heard a podcast somewhere. Uh, the production designer talked about it and he was like, yeah, location scouting at Martha's Vineyard was absolute trash because there was no good shots at all. There was, and also they were filming at a time of the season where wasps and bees were coming around (laughs) like all the fucking time. So like they were filming and the actors were constantly getting hit with wasps and shit. And they just, they just had to keep rolling. (laughs) It was just so fucked up, but they were like, we just had to, we just had to make it work. Whatever locations they did get, they did have to shoot off location somewhere else. That wasn't Martha's vineyard. That was supposed to be Amityville, but, um, you know, they, uh, filming in a back lot or, or some shit, but, um, yeah, they, yeah, there's, there's, but the production design in that was much subtle too. Like no one, I, I could have told, I could have seen it as Amityville, but if I went to Martha's Vineyard, I wouldn't know, I wouldn't know any of the wiser, you know? So, and I think that's pure. I think that's, uh, that's, that's what filmmaking is about, you know? And like you said, shaping the world where you can see yourself living in it, you know, and that you would probably want to live in. Um, and yeah, there's something, there's something special about that for sure. You know? Yeah. But I also think um, I mean, production. What you want in a good production design change. I mean, if it's a historic, so it's not necessarily like a place you want to live in. Right. Yeah, that's true. Not everybody wants to live in the 1920s. <laughs> no, or yeah, or the Seventh Circle of Hell. Yeah, that's true. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I, I think my answer, I'm a little biased because I love sci-fi and fantasy. So I always think of like good production design and sci-fi and fantasy are where they make a world where you want to live in it, like separate from our own. Mm-hmm. So, you know, then there's, you know, period pieces where you're trying to recreate the era and get everything accurate and like make it, because I think a big issue with period pieces is like it becomes very nostalgic and they, can make other people idolize a certain era and time while glossing over all the bad parts. That makes sense. That so does like, make sense. I want to show the realism of that time. But yeah. Maybe not necessarily make it seem so beautiful and happy, and you know because. Right, because the twenties wasn't happy. It was fucking depressing. Like it was. It was. It was, it was a bummer. Yeah, it was, it was definitely about, yeah, that's really true. That's very true. And I, I definitely seen like even war movies that was like 
taking place in the 40s that were shot so fucking vivid, so beautiful and gorgeous and shit. And it's just like, actually, it was a pretty depressing time. And even even shows like Mad Men, there's there's like people who like historians who were like talking about Mad Men who worked in New York in the advertising agencies. And they're like, Mad Men show, like it makes it seem like everything was so bright. It, nothing was bright in the 60s. It wasn't like, it wasn't, and nothing was that popular. Like people were wearing like polka dots and, you know, there was, there was some like, you know, questionable wallpaper and shit, but it was pastel colors. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like, bright neon pink like exterior of a house you know that's that's to most american citizens of new york uh tacky so you know they that's that's not what was truly portrayed but because i want to push the fact that this is a period piece and this is taking place in the 60s they got to share this they got to share this i guess uh um familiar nostalgic like have that nostalgic feeling with it you know to to a wider audience like across the country and shit like that you know people like my mom who was born in oakland in the 60s you know like could say like oh i had a car like that you know even though people in new york won't drive cars like that or those kind of cars yeah if that makes sense i I could be talking in circles but i don't know (laughs) I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I I, I do truly feel like, uh, because I, like, good production design, it's kind of like a hit or miss for me. Like, a good production design is something that sometimes I just won't even notice. And I will watch it back again and be like, oh, that was really good production design. Or it will be something like watching, like, 2001 Space Odyssey. You know, like when, when uh, the astronaut goes into the monolith and the entire spaceship and he was running in that circle, like that entire production yeah. design, holy fuck, Kelly. Like that was way ahead of its time and almost feels like ahead of our time today, you know, yeah. or just, just up to our time, you know, right. and, and how he films is, is very symmetrical. It's, it's always like linear that he never films in like a weird position. It's always, it's always symmetrical within yeah. the frame. So him with production design was very fucking important. Just like a director, like someone else who does that type of filmmaking is uh Wes Anderson, you know? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, what was funny? (laughs) Some made you giggle. Well, just the way you pause it, you're like, just like another person that that films like that. And I was, I thought you were just going to leave it there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I know. Wouldn't that be funny? You're just like, I don't want to talk about Kelly. You want to, you want to take over? I'm going to take a nap. (laughs) I'm going to pass out. (laughs) I am a little bit tired. I'm sorry, you guys. (laughs) Yeah. I think a lot of it is like, how strong the production design comes across is also like how important is production design to the director and the DP also. Cause I mean, if like Wes Anderson, like to him, like color and framing and the kind of subtle time period he gives across um, in his films are obviously extremely important because he has a very specific look 
So I'm I'm assuming he works with the same production designer probably all the time. He does. And yeah. Yeah. And it's like they're a duo. Like they both framing, production design, framing as in like the DP and the direction are all like together on this clump of like deciding the overall look of everything. Yeah, dude. And yeah. it's a very specific look, like you said. And yeah. the fact that they work together, yeah, I don't think like if you throw in any other production designer would 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 be any more beneficial, maybe even hurt the project a little bit because there's got to be that subtle communication where the director and the production designer are always on the same page at all times. And, yeah. but that goes for everyone on the crew too, you know, yeah. and sometimes that's a hit or miss, you know? So it, it, everything, everything kind of just like, it's kind of like a, uh, everything, everything all falls back to the director. It seems like, you know, if they can work well with each other, sometimes like, there's people on the crew that are just are not willing to work, you know, with the director, you know, it could be vice versa, but you know, I, I think generally like, yeah, good, good production design. Yeah. Or people who you work with constantly on multiple projects, uh, at all. I mean, you know, uh, people like, um, Edgar Wright, uh, Kevin Smith, um, Wes Anderson, yeah. Even Paul Thomas Anderson too. PTA. He has the same production designer all times. Yeah. And I think uh um there's another director I can't remember. Oh, um uh uh, uh Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, yes. Um, and Alfred Hitchcock Hitchcock for the people who don't know was actually an art director before he directed. Uh wrote and directed uh movies. Yeah. So he he was very he was he's very on point when it comes to production design, which is why, you know, like yeah. the Bates motel looks so fucking crazy the way it does, because it's all a built set. He had the blueprints. He, he even like hired an architect <laughs> to do this shit. You know, it's, it's crazy. Um, yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. I don't know where I was going to go with that. Oh, um, yeah, so I, I do. I do truly appreciate the the subtle type of production designing, yeah. like a uh, like a movie. I, I I watched it with my mom, uh, Joker. That's a that's a good example of like a subtle production design that I that I that I like a little bit. Where it's it definitely is reminiscent of the eighties, or I guess the like early 80s late 70s yeah 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 like the yeah with a so-called garbage strike you know yeah. and um and yeah like i i definitely do appreciate something like that or like a movie like um have you ever seen the movie a most violent year uh is that with Viggo mortensen no, it's with uh, Oscar Isaac. Uh, you're thinking of Eastern oh, Promises, oh, oh. I think. Um, that was yeah, another good movie. That was the I have not history seen, of violence. I have not seen the most violent year. Yeah, it's Oscar Isaac and um, actress. I forgot her name, and it's yeah, it's really it's really good, and it's subtle, such subtle production design where, like, they had like 
like graffiti everywhere, trash everywhere. And it's supposed to look like seventies, late seventies, New York with the, you know, unions and the yeah. teamsters, like all kind of taking over New York and stuff like that. Um, period friendly yeah. for sure. But, uh, it was dark and that's how we, we were talking about it. I think before we were recording how like, you know, there's some period pieces that don't look, the way it's supposed to like the twenties okay. look bright and cheery or the sixties looking bright and cheery. It's just like, it doesn't, it's, there's no, um, it doesn't feel real. I, I guess, you know, if, if, if anything does have to feel real, you know, yeah. I, I guess it's ob- objectable, but, um, yeah. 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 So everything, everything just sort of looked pretty subtle. And to me was really good production design, but yet again, like, yeah, like it, it all, it all depends on, uh, it all depends on like, you know, how much effort and how much direct, how much the director wants to put in the effort of good production design too, you know? So it all, it all varies. It all depends. So yeah. Like someone like Wes Anderson, I feel like as a director who takes production design, really seriously you know and that's pretty important to him yeah. you know just as well, much as photography when you're when you're yeah. Yeah. yeah um let me ask you a question when your mind di- dictates a subtle production design because you said joker and to mm-hmm. me it's not subtle because it's a pure and the second I saw right. the trash on the street and the, the crime, I immediately thought 70s New York. Because that's, that's the end of this time and True. New York. Yeah. So what's a subtle production design? I guess, I, guess it's, it's, it, I, I guess it's not fair when I say it's subtle. Because when I say subtle, I, I, I felt like, because subtle meaning like the movies that I've seen, like the mobster movies that I've seen, like every Scorsese film, it looks like a, it's shot like a Scorsese film, like back in mean streets. And that's what I mean by subtle. It's just like a, it's something like I expected, but, but at the same time, it's really good. I'm not saying I'm not, yeah, it does feel like I'm disregarding it and I'm not, I, 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 I do truly think it's, it's wonderful production design. And when I say by subtle, I, I felt, I feel more or less like, yeah, like it feels like a Martin Scorsese film, but it's just so good. Just the fit of how the period was and how the story of Joker and how he fit into his environment. It almost felt like he fit like a glove in a way where there's certain production design where the characters are supposed to stand out from their environment. That's the whole point. Joker right. does in the third act, of course. But if you look yeah. in the first and the second act, the, the costumes he wore were neutral. He blended in yeah. with a crowd a lot, and he just looked right. depressed, just like every other person in New York or Gotham City in the late 70s. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess that's what I mean by subtle. So I, I guess it, I, I, it's not really a definition of subtle. I kind of contradicted myself. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. It's just like, yeah, yeah that's the thing. It's like, I think, so that's the whole thing with production design is that it's so subjective. Yeah. Um, 
And even like your definition of subtle is different from my definition of subtle production design. Right. Um, because to me, a lot of a lot of movies that came from the seventies that were like to me, Dead Zone, the movie the Dead yes. Zone, that's a subtle production production design because it's I all agree. about the characters. So everything you see in the houses and the clothes and everything, nothing nothing stands out. Nothing is super colorful. It's a lot of blues, a lot of grays, a lot of black to also to carry across like the tone of this very kind of depressing yeah. character. Bleak, um, for sure. Yeah, so to me, the dead, and I love The Dead Zone. It's one of my favorite movies. To me, The Dead Zone is a subtle production sign. I agree. And, and for anybody watching this, I'm talking about The Dead Zone with Christopher Walken, not the show that was on you. No, yeah, yeah. No, I knew, oh, right, yeah. Oh man, who would want to watch the uh, the sh- like the show? I I never even I, I I didn't even I didn't even know about the show. I just I was thinking about the Christopher Walken. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, joint. I don't know right. how it was. I watched it. I haven't watched it either. Um, okay, well, um, another question I wanted to uh, to ask you was um, production design in stop motion. Like I okay. want to, I want to talk about like some stop motion because I watched, uh, and it sort of remind, <laughs> it, it, it reminded me of your your post that you made I think like yesterday or something like that. I watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas again, right. uh, like a few days ago. How do you so? Like I want, I want your two cents into like what's like to you like a stop motion movie something like Coraline or uh Nightmare Before Christmas like any right. of those movies impacted you that kind of I don't know like kind of sh- like changed your perspective on production design or would you say it was pretty much the same it's except it's on a smaller scale <laughs> you know <laughs> I was going to say on a larger um, scale, but it wouldn't make any sense. You know, it's, it's scaled down, right? Sometimes. I'd assume. Well, I think um, the sets are still decently big. I mean, they're not, I'm always thinking of uh, the big comparison now always is Leica uh, with like uh, Paranorman and they did Coraline and Box Trolls and all those series of movies. It's like, uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. I think the biggest one is like Kubo and the Two Strings made me realize like how important like art and detail is for a movie like that because the the direction of the movie and the production design of the movie, if they even have a production designer for movies like that, I really don't know. It's like they are intertwined. There is no separation. There is no like the art direction of the movie is the direction of it because they are literally creating this whole world. So they have to choose the style of the world. What are the limitations of the world? What, what are the colors you see over and over and over? You know, even like just the styles, the shapes and like the little bodies of the people, like that is an art direction. So to me, like Kuvan those two strings is like, 
like how strong it is visually and like like what just what they accomplished <laughs> in that movie it's kind of insane yeah and on a on a on a scale like that it it kind of um I don't know. It kind of shifts. That's why I like animated films and, um, and uh, stop motion in particular, because the fact that you, that's an entire world that I, that I have, I have yet to even grasp, you know, because stop motion still blows my mind to this day. I know like there's some people who are like, this is my everyday fucking job, dude. Like I, 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 nothing fucking blows my mind, but you know, watching something like, yeah, man, like Nightmare Before Christmas, like, fuck it. I hate to say it, like, it's a classic, dude. Like, I, I love, I, I love it. I love it so much. Um, and yeah, Kubo and Two Strings is phenomenal. I love it. Coraline, spectacular. I watched Coraline again, like, last week. I yeah, absolutely love that movie. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I, I do I do believe that like uh, the world of uh, stop motion feels like yeah the art direction is that direction like you it, there's it, it, that's that's kind of like a like if you're going to be directing a joint like that like you have to have at least some art experience I'd assume right yeah I think I think it especially would making an animated movie right like you you yeah. have to like someone like Dave Filoni. Like who who created Avatar and uh, uh, you know Clone Wars and and all that. Yes, and who works on the Mandalorian and yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, he he had to have so much art experience, I'd assume. Yeah. You know. Well, and the thing is too, I don't think it's like a requirement to get that no. job. I it can only help you if you do have art experience. Yeah. Um. Because, yeah, Dave Filoni started as a, a literal um, what's cartoonist. Yeah. Animator? Animator, illustrator. Yeah. Like, he worked on a couple things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even, like, uh, with Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, I can't think of his name. What's his name? The director. Oh, Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, you're good. Um, you're good. Uh, same thing. He draws, he illustrates, he has his his own art, which all of his characters in Nightmare are based off his drawings. So, I mean, I I don't think it's necessary, but again, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, and that's how the world of Batman was created. I mean, he he had pictures, like he, and also he took right from Bob Kane. You know, he yeah. took he took right from Bob Kane's, you know, detective comics and, you know, was like, how how can we make this a, a reality? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think. Yeah, I feel like. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess it's a good point. Like anybody, anybody can 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 do it. But yeah, like to, to have the art experience is it helps. Um, it definitely, it truly, truly helps. But I, I feel like, uh, a lot of these animated films, like the amount of time and the amount of work is so different than working on a shoot than on a, like a production, you know, I feel like 
you have to have a complete different temperament when you are working like, let's say like with stop motion, stop motion, I feel like is, is a completely different, way different beast than, than if you were, you know, a production designer or art director, like on a, on a shoot with a production, you know, uh, do you feel like there's a, there's a major difference (laughs) in people's temperaments? Well, no, in terms of department, like in terms of like in between like, uh, not department, I, in between the animated or the stop motion world and the, the production world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've done plenty of little mini stop motions myself and it's always just me doing it Mm -hmm. in my office and it, it takes so long and then you just have this 15 second thing. Right. Meanwhile, you're on production, you work with so many people, it's so fast paced, you're, you're constantly like your head's on a swivel trying to pay attention mm-hmm. to everything. And at the end of it, you have this bigger thing that's less out of your control. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, it, yeah. I think the biggest thing is like with stop motion, you have complete control over everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if it's your project. On a bigger production, you are part of a whole. So you kind of have to reel it in sometimes and, like, understand other people's visions and, like, understand the look everyone is going for and not just you. Um, Yeah, yeah. So that's the biggest thing is just, like, you have ultimate control over everything. With film production, you are one piece of the pie. So. Yeah. So you have to have a lot more patience with stop motion. A lot more patience. <laughs> a lot more patience, probably, and and also a a, a, a a ton of fucking experience, I'd assume. Because I bet being thrown... No? I mean, being thrown into your first stop motion, what? like, that just... That seems... Okay, actually, no, let me let me take that back. If you're making reels, that's different. Like, if you're doing reels, you're creating the experience for yourself. So yeah. there's there's a training just in that. But, yeah, I'd assume, like, those are long-ass fucking days. And you are going frame by frame. You're just, like, you're just, like, moving pieces at a time. Oh, it's so, that sounds, that just looks intimidating, but fucking cool at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, you definitely have to have experience. But going back to the art thing, it's like some of those people working on those shoots, some of them are sculptors. Some of them are probably seamstresses, like from sewing clothes, because they have to make tiny little clothes. Yeah. Um, They have to sculpt the people. Some of them are probably just animators. So they are the ones that are on the set, literally just moving the arm a little bit at a time. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, I mean, you also don't need experience to shoot your own stuff. It's like, if it's your own project, you want to do this, just do it. Don't worry about anybody else. That's probably the best advice in life. (laughs) It's just the best. (laughs) No, truly, like, it's just the best. Just, you got to do it yourself. Like, I mean, if you truly want it. Like, I mean, yeah, you just, you, you just, you gotta, you gotta find a way to, to do it yourself and put it out there. And, uh, 
That's how we created a book. <laughs> That's how you guys got Get Realisms. Book. Realisms.com. Get your book now. Right now. Um, we, got a, uh, we got a question on Instagram. Oh. We got okay. questions. We got questions. Uh, okay. All right. You with me, Kelly? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. Uh, question from at Rachel Renee. Uh, what is what direct? What? Hang on. Sorry. What director has the best production design, in your opinion? Ah. Uh, okay. uh, oh. Oh. Are, okay. I, I think you're saying um, which director. Not which production designer, which director with the production designer, right? Is that what she's asking? I don't know. I yes, hope so. I think, I think what she's asking is, like, which director and their, like, kind of collective movies usually have the best production design? Okay. Because, Fair like, what, like, like, what we were talking about is, like, Wes Anderson has a very specific style. Right. So the same production designer. Gotcha. And the thing is, most people don't know the names of production designers. They know, just know the name of the director. So, right. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, what's, what's, your, what's, your, what's your director? I mean, was it, is it Wes Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably um, Luke Besson. Whoa! Really? The professional yeah. and stuff? Oh shit! Hell yeah, dude! No, I love the professional. The professional is my only favorite Natalie Portman. Wow! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fifth Element. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Fifth um, Element. Fifth Element's good. Um, yeah. Uh, what What in particular do you like about uh, Luc Besson and his production design? It's. I feel like um, it reminds me of a comic book. Like the colors and the styles, and like just the images are just could very easily just be transported to a comic book and vice versa. It looks like it was pulled from a comic book. And I, I don't know, I, you know, we've been talking. I like DC. I like Doom Patrol. I like comics. Um, so I like really bright, colorful science fiction films like that. Um, I'm trying to think of others. If there's a specific director that I like, usually like this direction. So. And of course, there's a lot. Some, yeah. Um, Stop motion too. Yeah, it's like I love like a. It's like having uh, other. Like a studios for the win. Yeah. What about you? Hmm. First you one that. First one that came to mind was Akira Kurosawa. Um, ah. uh, Akira Kurosawa has every frame is like a fucking gorgeous painting. It's bonkers bonkers and um i was watching rashomon and uh he filmed that movie with absolute no money 
whatsoever. And the production design was so, I don't know. It was like, it fit so well with the tone of the film that I haven't seen in a black and white film. Right. Because the production design felt like pop art in a way. It felt like, it felt like, like a comic book. It felt like reading a comic book, like just seeing a, an assassin, like standing on top of a hill with a katana, just a silhouette of him and like leaves blowing in a cherry blossom tree in the foreground. Like, holy shit. And that's, some of that is just happy mistakes. Uh, Kurosawa even said like most of the frames that I have, every shot that I set up are almost happy mistakes. Because sometimes he just won't have a plan and he'll just set something up and be like, yeah, that actually, that actually works. And uh, yeah, I mean, it does work. And that to me is, and I don't know if Kurosawa does invest a lot into production design. I'm not sure, but I assume he does take it seriously. uh, You know, so I, I, because every frame in that movie is, is so wonderful, especially the fight sequences. Uh, one, actually there's one movie in particular by Akira Kurosawa called dreams. It's one of his last films and it's a, it's an anthology film and, uh, each and every segment is like a completely different world. It's, it's bananas. Uh, I definitely recommend it. I don't know if it's available to stream anywhere. I think you have to rent it. Uh, unless you have the Criterion Collection app, then it's all it's all there. Um, but yeah, otherwise it's like two bucks to rent. Uh, yeah, I definitely recommend that. If anybody is, uh, is wanting some colorful ass shit, that's a colorful ass movie, Dreams by Akira okay. Kurosawa. But yeah, I, I think him, um, another one... So yeah, Stan, we talked about Stanley Kubrick, but I don't know. I feel like Stanley Kubrick is more about, well, no, he is about production design too. All the elements is important in a, in every frame in a Stanley Kubrick film. Um, I could tell you a lot of directors who don't take production design seriously, <laughs> but I don't know. If, I don't know if we should talk about that. I don't know if we're, I don't know if we're, we should be talking shit. But, are we talking about Hollywood directors? Or yes, directors? we're talking about Hollywood directors. Why not? They're not going to see this. That's true. Um, yeah, that's very true. Um, I just don't want to piss off anybody. But if anybody's pissed off at like at what my opinion or anyone's opinion about Michael Bay is, Michael Bay is the one fucking guy who truly doesn't take anything seriously. Like truly, he doesn't take cinematography seriously. He doesn't take production design seriously. He doesn't even take his actor seriously. He just films asses. That's all he does. He just, you know, and blue, blue flickering lights in the foreground, you know, it's just like, give me a break. Lens flare. Sorry. Lens flare for you fucking cinematography people um, <laughs> but yeah i don't know it's just it, it, michael bay just like is is one of those guys who just like pumps out just random shit that he calls cinema you know yeah. that just that 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 you and i both know doesn't constitute as cinema you know what i mean like in michael bay <laughs> yeah michael bay definitely one of them um i want to say brian singer as well because Brian Singer also, but he does, he does take his script seriously. 
He, I do like him as a writer. Usual Suspects, phenomenal. Phenomenal writing. However, production design was subpar at best, I want to say. I want to say, it's just, I don't know. There's rooms for opportunity. You know, there's, there's rooms, there's always room for, for opportunity. Was there, was there a movie that you've seen that you were like, if, if, if I can, if I can just take control of the art direction of this film, <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, there's one I watched recently on Netflix and it the story itself. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. I, I kind of like the concept. It was code eight. Have you seen that on Netflix? No. So the whole premise is the fact that um, humans, some humans can have, you know, superpowers. They have powers. Okay. But it's outlawed. Like you have to register. You can't use it unless you have a registration card. Um, and the way they treat it in the film is like through the series of events of like, because it's like this has happened through history and it's like in the u.s it's like they're treating them in the film they're treating the people who have superpowers like illegal immigrant immigrants coming to the u.s to work um but the thing is with the production design they were all just wearing like blue and gray t-shirts and yeah okay and it was like a very clean cut white boy with no blemishes, scars, nothing. And he's uh, working construction sites to help his mom out. And it was just like, it was very flat, I guess would be the word. Even like the gangsters hideout, it was just super flat. There was nothing. Right. Because even though you want the world to be, to be there and not stand out, you also kind of want it to be rich. Yes. Color detail. Like, you feel like, even though you're just watching this movie, there's so much beyond. Well, these are people with superpowers, right? Like, I would assume, like, you want to shoot this like a goddamn comic book. Like, that's kind of a no-brainer, you know? The thing is, like, even, like, it was just, I know they were trying to make it seem like it could happen here and now, which I understand, but it was still so flat no one had scars no one's t-shirt even had like worn or like they look like they were brand new t-shirts that they had just bought their jeans looked perfect it was like perfect kind of flannel he was wearing it was just i'm talking a lot about wardrobe yeah no i know but it's still i feel like it's part of the art direction too in a way you know it kind of all flows together or supposed to you know yeah, and like it's just it was nothing. It was just like nothing special. Kind of. And no offense to that production designer. I don't know who that person was and I don't know what the circumstances they were working with or the budget. No, there's there's no there's no ill will. It's just a creative decisions that, that go into it that we, we just we just have a couple questions about, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> production design still always ties in with the direction of the movie. So it's like it's production design. Plus, what the director was telling the production designer too. So. There is an interesting argument. I guess we could talk about it. What's Actually, that? I do want to talk about it with you. Uh, I saw it on Reddit, and there's a there's a guy who 
who said he's a cinematographer and he's, he feels that uh, he, he was like working in the industry. He's like from New York or something like that. And he said that uh, he feels like being a cinematographer and working in the industry he worked with, he feels like it's a collaborative experience. So he should be entitled the name filmmaker. That's just, he can say, I'm a filmmaker. Like you can, you can say that. Like if you're having a conversation with somebody, instead of saying like, Oh, I'm a cinematographer. You can, you can say I'm a filmmaker. Like that's still none the wiser, but literally a flood of fucking comments are just like, no, I've been a director for years. I'm the filmmaker. Cinematographer is a cinematographer. And then of course the next comment fucking grand slam. I, I wish I have it, but I saw it like three weeks ago. So who knows where it's, it is in the ether. But, um, it was, there's this one comment where it like this, this guy, he was like, well, I'm a, I'm a 25 plus year, uh, production designer. And I call myself a filmmaker for 20 plus years. So I'm, I'm still saying that. And I have been questioned since. And, I don't give a shit who anyone else thinks I'm better than they are. Even if you yeah. think, even if you think you are a filmmaker, that's great. I want to work with you, but don't, don't think that only directors and writers and directors can call themselves filmmakers. That's not how it works. If you're in the industry, you're a filmmaker, you know? <laughs> yeah. To me, filmmaker is an umbrella term. It's like, if you are on a film set helping make a film, you are a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. it's like because then it's just saying it's like just negating everybody's work on the set to say it's like no 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 you're not the filmmaker I'm the filmmaker like there's only one person there like, right no it takes a lot of people to make a film and all of them count so all of them are filmmakers Even and everybody's the- entitled to that to that yeah. you know to saying they're a filmmaker, you know, it's a, it's a collaborative experience, you know? So yes, I, I agree with that cinematographer. You should be able to call yourself a filmmaker. Like that's, that's to me, that's fair. You know, it's like someone is like saying I'm a construction worker. It's like, I work on a construction site, but I might run back. Oh, I might break rocks. I might work with rebar. It's like, there's so many different, actual positions at a construction site but it's a blanket term i'm just saying i'm a construction worker as a construction <laughs> worker yeah exactly it's not an insult it's not belittling it's just and it's not like made for like a special person on the site no <laughs> no yeah. it's it's not and also like that's kind of what filmmaking is all about it doesn't feel really collaborative if you're telling somebody they're not a filmmaker and yeah. you're part of the same industry. Well, I think that dude just shot himself in the foot. <laughs> he did because like he got like, he probably got, yeah, he got like a thousand dislikes with like a bunch of down votes and shit like that, you know? So it's just like, yeah, I mean, that's a no, I mean, it feels like a, the majority agrees that if you are in the industry and you put in that time and you put in that work, yeah, like fuck it. You, you're a filmmaker. Like I can't, I'm not, you know, now if I'm working with you, I'm going to reference you as a said production designer, cinematographer or anything else. But yeah, once we're outside, yeah, we're all filmmakers. Hell yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody needs to step up, step down off their high horse. They need to step down off their high horse and go home. Fucking wash your hands. (laughs) Six feet. Wash your hands. Go home. 
you, you, you filthy animals. Okay, so let's go to another question we got on Instagram. One more question. Okay. Oops, and I exited the page. Whoopsie. Uh, okay. Okay. A film present or the, okay, film present or the past, which would you, ooh, I like this question. Which, which movie would you like to be on for art direction? Oh. Ooh. And you can change anything or you could, uh, you could keep everything the same. Hmm. That is a good question. Well, I mean, do you have an answer? I don't. I, yeah. <laughs> Currently, just because of all the weird, crazy stuff they get to do on that set, is Doom Patrol. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Dude, the crazy sets on Doom Patrol? Oh, man. And just like, yeah, we're doing this weird thing today. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah. We're going to film inside of a rat's tummy. And we're going to, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna shoot at the Doom Manor the next scene. Uh, yeah, that's just it's just a crazy. Oh, and Danny Street too. Danny yeah, Street. Oh that's one of the best episodes, by the way. Like when they introduced Danny Street and talked about what it's all about. It was like, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> so good, so good. And if anybody who doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about, we're talking about Doom Patrol. So you guys hop on it, hop on that shit. And I don't want to spoil Danny Street because Danny Street is probably the best character in the entire show. <laughs> well, like, Doom Patrol is so strange and weird. It would take an hour to explain anything. Oh my god! Yeah, even even explaining like anyone on the Doom Patrol, like it'll take <laughs> it'll take too long to explain. It'll take too long. <laughs> like, well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where do I begin? Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, a movie or a show? I don't know. I feel like uh, I want to say Mad Men because I just want to change some shit up. And also, I love that show so much. I fucking love that show. So if I can like take the reins of like art direction, pff, boy howdy. I could, I could, I could fuck shit up. I promise you. I love 60 shit. I love, I love exploring any and all that shit. Like going to like a, like there's like some monuments in Oakland, like um, that are like preserved, like from the fifties and the sixties and stuff like that. And I loved, I loved going back to it. And I love like, you know, referencing it and, you know, yeah, just like exploring like the crazy ass like it, it, like especially the seventies like with how crazy the seventies were. Holy shit! It was like fair game to everyone in the seventies. The seventies felt like a felt like a period of like questionable but yet like spiritual <laughs> awakenings for so many people. Yet still like one of the most controversial decades in the in the entire history. Yeah. And it's just so fascinating. But 60s is also just as fascinating. So yeah, I would definitely work on Mad Men. I would definitely definitely work on Mad Men. Um, is there any other movie or show you can think of that 
maybe movie. You you said Doom Patrol. How about a movie for you? And I'll say a movie. I honestly something with a kind of creature element like um, Gremlins would have been fun or um, Krampus or anything that kind of like that B movie like monster like movie that would be I mean that would be fun because usually like the ones from the 80s were specifically like campy so it's like you can't take it too seriously so it just seems like it would be a lot of fun. It's so fucking funny you go to like, you know, movies like Creature Features or like, you know, something like in the horror film region because I thought of immediately The Conjuring. I would love to do art direction on The Conjuring. Like that would have, that would have been so fucking fun to just like put like, you know, like the mannequins under like the bed sheets and shit like that and dress all those rooms and stuff, especially, uh, yeah, the man with no face or something. Yeah, dude, that would have been. So rad. That would have been cool. Yeah, horror film, I feel like, with production design is particularly fun. You know? You're like, I get to be creepy and weird on purpose and get paid. And that's that's your fucking job for for 12 hours every fucking day. How dope is that? I get to fucking build sets that are supposed to be drowned in blood and shit like that. It's it's rad. It's fun. Yeah. Um... That's it for questions. Uh, no question on Facebook other than Christine Chen commenting that uh, she she misses us and she's going to be on uh, she, her call times 3.30 today. So, yeah. Thank you for that information, Christine. Now, now, now we can use that against you in the court of law. So, uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> but... Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, thank you guys for participating on the Facebook stream. We're clocking in at uh, an hour and five. Pretty good, pretty good episode, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, yeah, thank you, Kelly, for for tagging along with with me and the in the in the Get Realism's audience. You know, of course, it's no problem. Uh, thank you, Facebook. Thank you, uh, to, uh, Rachel, Kevin for those questions on Instagram. We appreciate you. And yeah, tune in next week. It's going to be, uh, not the same time as this week. It's going to be the, uh, it's going to be, uh, still, uh, two o'clock on Fridays. We're still doing that. Uh, hopefully we'll get Christine back. Um, hopefully she can call in and, uh, roast me for how terrible of a job I'm doing on the podcast. And uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be ready to rock and roll. Uh, so thank you, Kelly. And goodbye, Facebook. Goodbye. Oh, so that's it. We're wrapped.